It's time for John Paul, the car doctor, on North Shore 1049. Call today with your car questions, comments, or concerns. 1-800-370-1049. That's 1-800-370-1049. John Paul, the car doctor. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on North Shore 104.9. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor, here to help you with your car problems. And apparently, I've been doing this type of thing on Saturday morning. I was looking back, and I'll go, I'll go into this a little bit later in the show, but my first own radio show, the, the one that I did myself, I was not a guest, I kind of created it and put it together myself, was on this day in 1993 so quite a while ago well congratulations so, wow happy yeah, anniversary been, yeah. yeah i've been doing this for a long time very so. impressive and i don't even know and you know the more i think about that that you know 1993 that was a, that was a long time ago and and uh so we've been we've been doing this yeah so on this day in 1993 is the best i can figure out so mm-hmm. my simple math means this has been quite a while i've been doing this so Yes, sir. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations, Kyle yeah, Dark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I haven't gotten anywhere, but you know, I'm still doing it. <laughs> You're so still doing it. Counts. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, did you ever wonder? You know, um, Biff, you you've had your you've had your car for quite a while, right? Yes, I have. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I typically keep cars a long time, and I I don't I'm not sure why, but um, our friends over at iccars.com have put together the top ten vehicle. Uh, vehicles that owners keep for 15 years or longer. And with us on the phone is executive analyst Kyle Brower. Uh, good morning, Kyle, and welcome back to the Car Doctor program. Good morning, Car Doctor. Great to be on with you. Well, thanks. Hey, you guys did a survey back a little while ago, came out a month or so ago, about top 10 vehicles that owners keep for 15 years or longer. And right at the top of that list is the Toyota Prius. Um, is that because people are in love, they're cheap and don't want to buy another car, or they're just really happy because it's a dependable vehicle? I'm sure all of those things play a factor. It's a great question. Um, I think if you've got a car like a Prius and you bought it when it was first really out, I mean, you can't have a car that's newer than around 2006 because this is a 15-year or longer time frame we're talking here. And the Prius, remember, was redesigned in 2004, and it was really kind of a Japanese import in 01, 2, and 3. So it really wasn't a very desirable car. But by 4, 2004, they'd made them very Americanized, and they were very effective at getting great gas mileage and having lots of space in them and looking, you know, kind of cutting edge, a little futuristic. And they had a pretty big group of people that jumped on the bandwagon and bought them because they were getting over 50 miles per gallon as well, which isn't as rare today, but that was really rare in the you know, mid-2000s like that. And I think when you've got a car that's a Toyota that's dependable and you can get 50-plus MPG, uh, I think that's hard to let go once you start realizing that it's not braking on you and it's giving you that kind of a gas uh, bill or lack of a gas bill. I think that's really desirable. Yeah, I mean, even today where we're seeing gas prices hovering around uh, you know, here in Massachusetts, two fifty or so a gallon is what we're starting to see again. Um, you know, a car that gets fifty miles per gallon—that's that's, that's um, 
like paying a dollar and a quarter a gallon because, you know, the typical mileage is probably half of that. So you're absolutely right. But looking at your list, you would almost think the top five cars, it's some kind of cult following. It's the Prius, the Highlander, the Tacoma, the Sienna, and the Tundra. Uh, so a lot, you know, a lot of Toyota products on that list. Yeah, and it's funny, you know, we've run this list before, and it typically comes out about like it is this year, again, with a lot of Toyotas. And people think, is this list sponsored by Toyota or something? <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. like, no, this is just registration information. We're just looking at registration and how long people are keeping their cars. And, you know, it's interesting because you look at what the percentages are is where we get these numbers. So the average car, 6.1% of the average cars sold 15 years ago are still kept by their original owners. Mm. But there's 13.7% of the Priuses sold 15 plus years ago are kept by that's over twice. And then it's 12.4, which is still over twice for the Highlander. And then it's 11.6, 11.5, 11.3 for the Tacoma, Sienna, and Tundra. Yeah. Still almost twice. So just almost twice as many people are keeping those first five cars, all of which are Toyotas, than the average percentage of people who keep their car for 15 plus years. And I think really it makes sense when you think about it, right? What are the brands that, what's, what's the brand that comes in typically with the highest resale and residual value when you do those studies? It's Toyota. What's the brand with the typical lowest cost to own? Largely made up by depreciation is the biggest factor in a cost to own analysis for the first five plus years of ownership. Uh, Toyotas. So if you have cars that don't, if you have a car that people want to keep for a long time, that means that even used ones, people realize they're still in good shape and they pay a lot for them, which means their residual value is high, which means their cost to own is low and their depreciation mm. is obviously low. So it all kind of fits together with, with all the other studies and stats you can find on used vehicles. And, you know, the, the, for somebody who's car shopping, you know, looking at the cars that people keep a long time, and sometimes people absolutely know what they want. They go out and they say, you know, I want to make you know, I want to buy a uh, you know, red Jetta, you know, and they absolutely know that's what they're going to look for. But other people, um, maybe don't know exactly what they want and they're trying to look for advice and having this kind of information that people keep these cars longer than, than the average, you know, sometimes, like you said, sometimes more than twice as long as the average is a good indicator that, um, it's a pretty good choice in a car. People are happy with it. You know, what is missing from the, at least the top 10 part of the list, is what we would consider still domestic cars. And is that, be, is, you know, and I'm asking you to be a little bit of a, uh, you know, an analyst uh, more in people's minds than their cars. Is, you know, is would that mean that the, you know, Ford, Cadillac, Buick, Chrysler buyer, um, just gets tired of their vehicles a little bit more often and, and want to switch in and out of them a little bit more often than somebody who's settled in with something like a Subaru Forester? I think it's fair to say that if you are buying um, something like a Toyota Prius, you're probably a pretty practically practical-oriented person. And that means you buy a car and you don't really buy another one until it wears out. And it takes a while. For the Toyotas to wear out, and I think it's—I think if you buy something like you know one of the domestic brands, it's probably a twofold thing. There may be more problems that are cropping up, you know, between five and fifteen years in after they're out of their warranty period, and you also may be just more of a person who likes change and likes to likes the variety of different cars to drive 
And so you're not as practically oriented as the um, Toyota buyers who are keeping these cars. You're a little more creative, shall we say, a little more free-spirited in what you want to see in your garage, and you just are happy to switch cars more often. I, I'm sure it's a combination of those factors. Yeah. Well, you know, good, good job, good job being a psychiatrist. Um, <laughs> the, the, yeah, I mean, I, I talk to people all the time, and you know, some people, you know, swap cars every couple of years, and I'll say to them, "How come it's, you know, it's a dependable car? You haven't done anything to it?" And they'll say, "Well, that's exactly it. It's dependable. I haven't done anything to it, and I'm tired of sitting behind the same steering wheel, and I want to move on to something different." And you know, one of my, you know, one of my coworkers is a great example of that. You know, he went from something as simple as a Nissan Altima to a you know BMW 3 series to a BMW 5 series and then he went over to a Ford F150 and last I knew he was in a Wrangler Rubicon so it's like you know his his tastes tend to be pretty varied and uh, I said to him how come and he said I just get kind of bored and he said I found out that if I trade quickly I can usually uh, you know, I don't, I don't lose too much money, and I, I feel okay with it. So I'm sure part of that works in there. But the idea that something like, you know, the, uh, you know, going back to the hybrid Prius, um, the idea that people are keeping them for a long time, and they're, they may have been somewhat early adopters with the technology, uh, trying to be a little bit more environmentally friendly, and frankly, probably cheap, and like the idea of better gas mileage. Yeah. I think that's it. I think there's a real kind of practical, you know, some psychologists would say right brain thinking there where you just wanted the most functional, practical, cost-effective car. And a Prius is all of those things. And don't forget, it's also a hatchback. You can fold those seats and you end up with a pretty substantial amount of cargo space. So it's not an SUV by any means, but as cars of that size go, there's flexibility in what you can do with it. So it was a really smart design and continues to be a pretty smart design that Toyota continues to sell fairly well. And... People who buy them apparently really like them. <laughs> they want to yeah. hang on to them. And and would would that make the Prius a good used car value? Well, that's the other great thing, John, about this list. I think is is <clears throat> this list is great because it, it's interesting to know which cars people are keeping the longest, just as kind of a curiosity thing. But it's also good guidance, right? You're out there shopping for a used car. You need to buy a used car for whatever reason, and you find a seven year old. Toyota Tacoma, and you're like, well, you know, this thing's seven years old. Maybe it's got a hundred plus thousand miles. Like, eh. Then you see a list like this, and you're like, okay, this is one of the top five cars, top three cars in the Tacoma's instance that people keep for 15 years or longer, pretty substantial, you know, a high percentage do. That means this car's got eight miles or eight, sorry, eight miles, eight years left of its lifespan. The fact that it's a seven-year-old car with maybe a six-digit odometer doesn't really mean that it's out it's worn out yet it, it actually means it's still probably got twice as much life left in it that it's already used or more and so i think that's the real value of this list is that as a used car shopper now the tricky part is because so many people keep these things as i was saying before you're probably going to have to pay more you know it's it's people who are willing to get rid of their cars that provides more of them on the used market and these cars it's probably not as easy to find and, and most of these cars on this list i know just from my history and, and studying the other figures all of them have pretty good resale value, which translates to you're not going to pick them up cheap. You're going to have to pay a little more than you would for an equivalent aged car from another brand. Well, that that's that brings up a really good point in kind of the negotiation phase of all of this. And I relate this to a, to a store I saw up in Maine that said, uh, we buy junk, we sell antiques. 
And one of the things that I saw with people trading in hybrids sometimes is they'll go to trade it in and they'll go, uh, you know, the battery on these things, you know, they're only going to last eight or ten years and, you know, you, your car is six years old, so we really can't give you much for a trade-in. And then on the other side of that equation, the dealer looks at this and goes, hey, look, you know, people keep these cars for 15 years. There's only eight years left. There's only eight years old. It's got It's got at least twice that life left in it. So I think, you know, when it comes to a hybrid sometimes, um, you know, what what people get sometimes for a trade-in may not be what they expect and to be able to have this information and say hey look you know i, I want to trade my five-year-old prius in because it's five years old and uh, you know i've you know i got a i i got a great dane for christmas and uh, you know he can't fit in the back of the prius um and to say and all of a sudden if you get kind of a lowball used car trade-in offer you go hey look you know you know, people keep these things forever, which also means they're really popular. And I think you need to, uh, I need to uh, think you need to improve your uh, offer for me to trade this car in. 100%, John. 100%. And that is true. That Well, first of all, we know that's kind of the game on, on a lot of things that, that change hands in the secondary market, but cars probably more so. And certainly, yeah. high, certainly we're talking higher amounts of money than most other things that people are swapping. And the dealer game, of course, is how, how, how inexpensively can I pick the car up and then how much, how expensively can I sell it for? And, and using the line of, well, you know, we, we don't know how that battery is going to hold up after you've had it already for six, seven, eight years. Right. Uh, when this list is saying probably pretty well because everyone else yeah. is keeping them. And, and that is a misnomer. There's a lot of people who still think, I, I don't want to buy one of those hybrids. I mean, all I need is that battery going out and it's going to cost me all sorts of money. And it's like, well, or maybe the battery is kind of like the transmission and the engine. And if you figure they're all good for a hundred plus thousand miles minimum, you should because they are. Yeah. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. And that's where I think the magic of IC cars comes in because, um, and I, I was out car shopping one day and I had a, I had an older car that I was, they offered me a ridiculously low trade in. And while they were, you know, while they were playing the game of, oh, I'll go ask my sales manager, see if we can step it up a little bit. I went to your website, pulled up the same dealer group where my car was for sale for literally five times what they offered me as a trade-in. And when they came back, they're like, nah, we really can't do anything. I'm like, they're like, these cars really aren't worth much. And I went, well, Look here, right in your dealership about 20 miles away, you have one for sale. Your dealership about 50 miles away, you have another one for sale. Um, and I said, here's some competitive dealers with about the same pricing. And they're like, where did you get that information? I'm like, uh, you guys advertise on IC cars, and that's where it came from. <laughs> I love it. That's great <laughs> to hear, John. And that's, and that's what you should always do. And, and you know, a dealer will make an argument that's a reasonable argument that, you know, well, we got to make a profit. we got to keep the lights on, right. you know, and all that. And it's like, absolutely. I'm not saying you don't need to make a profit. I'm saying you don't need to maybe, let's, you know, I'll use the proper word. You don't need to, to be a little uh, cruel to me on what you're offering. There's other right. words, more dramatic words people use. You right. don't need to be so kind of mean in the, in the, in the level of uh, offer I'm getting from you when you, we both know you're going to sell this for a lot more and not just a little more to keep the lights on, but a right. lot more to keep, right. a, keep a lot of lights on for a long time if you sell it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And and I've always found that when I deal with good dealers and and talk to them and say, look, you know, I know you need to make you need to make some money. You're making money on one end of the new car sale. You're making money on the trade in. You know, all I want to be is just fair about it. And and good dealers who have good reputations do that and they do it routinely. And that's why they have you know repeat customers that come back. You know year after year, car after car, for exactly that same reason. Was there anything on this list that really surprised you that it either wasn't on the list or was on the list? You know, I was a little surprised about the, the large trucks, the domestic large trucks. You know, the, the Tundra and the Tacoma, two, two trucks from Toyota are on mm. here. Um, but I was surprised there wasn't a Silverado, an F-150, a Ram. You know, these are huge sellers in this country as you know john there if you look at any yeah. kind of just pure volume sales those three basically are always the top three you know before you start getting into any other vehicles you, you're always starting out with the ram the silverado and the f-150 as your top sellers and uh it's surprising to me that nobody now when we broke it down by trucks um you can get we got the top 11 models uh mm-hmm. that we included for trucks just by trucks and tacoma tundra are the first two then it's frontier the first vehicle that's not import is the GMC Canyon, and it's 7.8 percent. So it's still higher than the average of uh, 6. You know, one or whatever. Yeah. Actually, for trucks on this list, it's 6.3. So the average truck people keep for 6. 6.3 percent of people keep keep their trucks for 15 plus years. Mm. And so the the Canyon and the Colorado are at uh, 7, 8, and 7, 6 respectively. So they're a little longer than the Titans at 6, 7. But again, the big ones, the Silverado. The uh, Ram and the F-150—they're all below the average uh, of 6.3 percent. And you know, I feel like trucks are pretty durable. I feel like they last pretty long. I feel like there's a lot of fans. You know, they've got pretty big loyal mm. fan base that buys those vehicles. And now I think we're back to what we were talking about before. I get, apparently those same people who buy those types of vehicles—they just like to swap more often. Not probably because they have to. I think the trucks hold up pretty well. I think they just want to. Yeah, and, and you're right. You—I mean, you're still. You know, drive around any day, and you still see there's Ford people and Chevy people when it comes to trucks. And, you know, the Ford people will say, I'll never drive a Chevy, and the Chevy people say, I'll never drive a Ford. And, yeah, it is It is a little bit It is a little bit funny when you look at that. And I was especially surprised with the uh, Canyon and the Colorado because, um, I don't know, in my, my opinion, those those vehicles, they're, they're a little odd. They're sort of not really compact trucks. They're not – they're almost full-size trucks. And I guess for somebody who doesn't need, you know, a half, a, a true half ton, you know, 1500 Silverado, um, a Colorado would work for them. Um, I still think somewhere along the line, some automaker is going to come out with kind of an old fashioned compact truck again and they're going to sell a billion of them. But, you know, I've, I've been wrong on a lot of things before. So we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> well, I agree with you though. I think the same thing. I keep thinking there's a true compact because all the, all the quote compact trucks, they're midsize. All the trucks that are full-size trucks, they're really midsize trucks, and they're about as big as the full-size trucks were maybe 20 years ago. You go back to a 90s F-150 and look at the current Ford Ranger, there's not that much difference in size. Uh, and I think a truly compact truck that still has some functional open bed space behind you and it's lower priced and gets better mileage and easier to park, I think that would do well in today's market. Yeah, I, I think so too, but well, time will tell how right we are about that. And the website, again, is iccars.com. There is a ton of information on there, uh, as well as, you know, shopping information. People can list their cars for sale. You can see what's for sale. Uh, and one of my favorite features is the VIN check. Yes. 
Yeah, great way to just check the history of a vehicle that you're already interested in and, and see, you know, whether there's a thing you should be negotiating. We're back to that negotiation we were talking yep. about, right? If there's issues you can find in the VIN check, big or small, that can be powerful information when you're trying to negotiate the price. Yep, absolutely. Hey, Kyle, I want to thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your Saturday morning and joining us on the Car Doctor program on North Shore 1049. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Always learn a little bit whenever I talk to you. And, you know, one of these days we'll... Uh, We'll, we'll both uh, we'll both go out and buy true old fashioned compact trucks. That's right. Just to prove yeah. there's a market there. Even that's right. Even that's right. The two of us are doing yeah. it. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Kyle. Thanks a lot. Be well. Stay safe. And talk to you soon. Great talking to you, John. Have a great day. Yep. Bye bye. That was Kyle Brower. He is the uh, executive analyst for IC Cars. Uh, you, you may have heard his name around here and there before. He's been uh, he's been with a, a couple of different groups before that. Always a very knowledgeable guy, a good guy to talk to, and uh, and always learn a little bit from him as well as the IC Cars website. Uh, there are a lot of different websites to look at for car sales, and I think uh, the idea of having. You know, having a website like IC Cars is a great resource. And better yet, it's it's located right in Massachusetts. It's not their headquarters, I don't believe, is all that far from the radio station in, in Beverly. So close by. So it kind of makes it nice. So always like always like um, talking to the folks from IC Cars. We need to take a break, pay some bills. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. Uh, you're listening on North Shore 104.9. Our phone number is 800-370-1049, 800-370-1049. Phone lines are open if you'd like to join us. Uh, and I'd rather talk to you to see what's on your mind today. We'll be right back. If it's local you want, it's local we have. Your local connection, North Shore 104.9. I, Tank Morse, join me weekday mornings. We'll have local news, entertainment, music to get you going, and lots of laughs. Laugh and learn weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on your local connection, North Shore 104.9. Join AAA today and avoid roadside headaches this winter. Don't let a dead battery, frozen car locks, or an unexpected breakdown keep you out in the cold. With a AAA membership, you're protected on the road anytime, in any car, and in any weather. AAA technicians will be there to quickly fix your problem and get you back on the road, often without the need for a tow. Visit aaa.com slash join to sign up. That's aaa.com slash join. Are you tired of slipping around in the snow and the wet weather? Are you wondering where to go for your all-wheel drive sport utility? Misho Mitsubishi is currently having a Washington's birthday sale, and our 2020 Outlander Sport is on sale for only $19,900. That's $8,000 less than the RAV4, CRV, Nissan Rogue, or Subaru Forester. Zach, tell the folks about this Outlander Sport. The Outlander Sport was just redesigned in 2020. Dad, it's 
it's my favorite redesign yet. Have you seen it? The new SE model is standard with Apple CarPlay, blind spot warning, and forward collision mitigation. It doesn't get safer than that. Not to mention over 30 miles per gallon in an all-wheel drive SUV. And Zach, 0% financing. We all had a tough time last year. Come treat yourself to a nice all-wheel drive vehicle. MichaudMitsubishi.com We are your feel-good dealer. MichaudMitsubishi A great way to celebrate Valentine weekend is at Azorian Restaurant in Gloucester. Make your reservation today at 978-283-5500. Azorian's healthy Mediterranean dishes are made from time-tested Portuguese recipes. And Azorian has new weeknight specials. Check them out at azorianrestaurant.com. The Azorian is spacious, meticulously clean, and gorgeous inside. And they're open every day starting at 1130. Takeout is always available at Azorian, 978-283-5500. This Valentine weekend, you'll love the Azorian experience. Hi, this is Michelle from Obershawn Hardware in Beverly. You know what beats next day shipping? Getting the things you need the very same day from your local Obershawn Hardware store. First, shop safely from home online at hardwarestore.com. Your order will be ready in as little as a few minutes. Then when it's convenient for you, head over for free in-store or curbside pickup. It's quick and easy. Plus, you'll avoid the hassle of tracking your packages. So check out hardwarestore.com today and come see me and Beverly or Diane and her crew over in Ipswich. We'll fix you right up. Hi, it's John Haley from Obershawn Hardware. Join me every Sunday morning at 7 on At Home with John Haley as we tackle your home projects. Welcome back to the Car Doctor program on North Shore 1049. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor here to help you with your car problems. I was reading an article in Automotive News, and it says a collection of more than 200 General Motors classic cars is going up for auction. Well, it already happened. Uh, Muscle Car City, a museum that Rick Trewargy, T-R-E-W-O-R-G-Y, opened 14 years ago in Punta Gorda, Florida, was shutting down. Uh, he housed his collection in a former Walmart moved up his plan for retirement after visitor uh, after visitor traffic dried up during the pandemic. Uh, Mecham Auctions put together the cars. They're, they're, it's considered one of the biggest and best GM collections in the world, and it was auctioned off a couple weeks ago. The collection includes Corvettes, more Corvettes than the National Corvette Museum in Kentucky, plus numerous Impalas, El Caminos, Novas, Chevelles, and so forth and so on says uh, it's tough to let everything go, although he plans to keep about 50 of his favorites. These cars are physical things you shouldn't care about, uh, but when you collect things, you do. Well, I wasn't sure how well the cars would sell because they're museum cars. They're, they weren't drivers, and, you know, if you're going to buy a car, sometimes you want to buy... Uh, you want to buy a car you can drive. And I had been to this museum last year, maybe, or two years ago. Must have been two years ago because it was pre-pandemic, I guess. And, um, and I was, and I was curious, you know, you know, the cars were, the cars were nice. Uh, some were really nice. Some were just nice. Uh, but, you know, when a car sits in a museum, it doesn't necessarily get driven or exercised. And there's nothing more, 
you know, there's nothing more abusive to a car sometimes when it just sits. But uh, the auction happened, and it racked up $18.4 million uh, in sales. So, um, you know, in December, he, he wrote on his Facebook page that he was, you know, shutting the place down, and he was going to, uh, you know, have this auction. And some of the cars that went up for sale, uh, there were some crazy prices. Of the 200 cars, the top selling were a 1963 Corvette. And it wasn't, you know, I was thinking, oh, it's a, you know, split window Corvette with 12 miles on it. No, it was a resto mod. And a resto mod is where you take a vehicle and put a modern drivetrain in it. And it sold for $368,500. A 69 Chevrolet uh, Copo Camaro. Uh, so that's a specially, specially produced Camaro, uh, went for $297,000. A 58 uh, Chevy Impala convertible, another resto mod. So in other words, it's a car you can drive every single day. That sold for a quarter of a million dollars. So crazy prices that these cars went for. Some of the other ones that were kind of interesting, too, was a 61 Chevrolet Impala convertible. I mean, a very, very nice car. I remember seeing it because you don't see a lot of 61 convertibles. You see, and the 61 was always one of my favorite cars. It sold for $220,000. A 1960 Cadillac Eldorado Baritz convertible, uh, $214,000. Another Camaro, $209,000. A 65 Chevrolet C10 pickup. So, just a pickup truck, sixty. Now it's a nice pickup truck, but just a pickup truck sold for a hundred and ninety-eight thousand, and a sixty-five Chevrolet Chevelle um, with the performance option, the Z sixteen performance option option went for a hundred and eighty-seven thousand dollars. So, you know, just when you think maybe the economy is not as strong as it used to be, people are putting out some big money here uh, for these vehicles. And again, there was there were mostly uh, Chevrolets, although there were a few Pontiacs in the group. Uh, he had also at the museum. He had a couple of you know other things, Fords and Studebakers and stuff. But um, it's um, it was previously in a supermarket, and uh, in the supermarket parking lot or in the supermarket, he ran out of space, so he moved it over to this uh, former Walmart in Punta Gorda, and he had a little. Um, had like a little restaurant inside there. I mean, it was it was quite the it was quite the place. And uh, when I went there, it wasn't it wasn't super crowded. It was comfortable to walk around. And um, you know, for car collectors, you know, places like that are going to be missed. I mean, we're fortunately in our area we have the Lars Anderson Museum, and they rotate their um, museum exhibit. You know, down in Sandwich, the Heritage uh, Museum down there. Uh, has a, a phenomenal collection of cars down there. They are, again, pristine cars. Uh, and interesting down there, the last time I was down there was a few years ago, and they had a, um IndyCar exhibit going on. But um, the museum had been remodeled since the last time I was there. And I'm kind of walking around, and I bumped into one of the museum folks, and I said, yeah, it looks different in here. I said there was a theater area over here, and uh, I said, I kind of want to show off to my neighbor that 
I was actually a guest speaker here because my name was on a little plaque, and you know, thanking me for being a guest speaker. And they said, "Oh yeah, you know, you know we probably threw your plaque away because we remodeled the building." And they took us kind of behind the scenes, and they showed us um, where they were doing some work to some of the vehicles, and they're trying to get every one of the vehicles in the museum running, which I thought was pretty interesting. Then, of course, we have the Newport Car Museum down in Newport. Uh, Gunther Berman and his uh, family run that, him and his wife and his son to some extent, I guess. Um, you know, that's a fantastic museum and all he does is improve on the cars that he has so he has these cars and you know he had a um i think he had a, a Superbird or something and it was a really really nice car but he bought another one because he found a better one and uh those are all his own collection and a place that i've never been uh is the audrain museum uh also in newport and it's a smaller museum although it's it seems to be getting some funding by uh uh, Jay Leno, uh, if you've ever watched Leno's Garage, the guy who comes out and does the appraising uh, is now the the president of the Audrey Museum. So I think they're they're kind of ramping up their game a little bit as well. So there is a little bit to be said about some of these some of these cars and some of these museums, and you know we are fortunate. Um, um, I had Glenn Gould, who was an old friend of mine, the uh, the um, the Wells Auto Museum up in Wells, Maine. He doesn't have too much to do with it anymore, but that had a great collection of cars, especially um, especially brass era cars. If you like the really older cars, he had more Stanley Steamers than the Stanley Steamer Museum. So uh, a lot of interesting stuff up there as well. So and uh, Owl's Head, uh, there there are some. Um, good if you like looking at cars in museum-like settings. There was the uh, candle factory, the Yankee Candle Factory. Uh, I believe they shut down their automotive exhibit, um, but a lot of a lot of stuff going on. So in the in the news lately, it's all about electric vehicles. You know, here in Massachusetts, the governor said in 2035, every new car registered is going to be electric. Um, the uh, you know there's uh, there's electric vehicle charging. Uh, EVgo, which is one of the fast charging stations, says uh, electrification, delivery, and autonomous vehicles among the trends to watch. This is from Automotive News. It says, from electric vehicles to delivery to self-driving technology, the industry is anticipating a rapidly evolving mobility landscape. Electrification is well on its way despite some costs and charging challenges. So are the processes by which the auto industry is looking to deliver the services. Um, so again, electric, electrification is a big deal. I got an email just this morning that said uh, you talk about electric vehicles occasionally. You don't talk about what happens in the wintertime when you're running the heat or in the summertime when you're running the air conditioning. And yes, you will certainly lose some of that capacity, that electric vehicle capacity. The last electric car that I drove was the Chevrolet Bolt. And uh, the Bolt, when it was fully charged, absolutely fully charged, ideal condition, 70-degree day, would do about 235 miles between charges. Um, when I was driving it, I think, yeah, 219, 220 miles, I think, between charges. Flip on the heat and the heated seats and the defroster and all that sort of stuff. You lost about 10, maybe 15% of range. Although, 
you know, if you kind of played with the heat as you were driving, turned it on, turned it off, you'd get some of that back. But you were still getting a couple hundred miles worth of range. Uh, same thing with the uh, Chevrolet, with the Chevrolet, you know, with the Ford Mustang Mach E. The Mach E had about a 240 mile range. Uh, there was. Two hundred with the heat on because I I drove it. It was cold and wintry. Uh, this week, I talked to a guy from a uh, he's a CEO of a company called Cooler K U L R Technology. And um, if you go to my podcast page, you can find some of these odd little interviews that I do. Um, they they're eventually going to turn into video interviews that end up on AAA's YouTube's uh, website, but. Um, this guy, Michael Moe, he is uh, the CEO of Cooler Technologies, and he has a concern that lithium-ion batteries, and also I talked to a guy by the name of Jack Cavanaugh a while back that is developing new battery technology that isn't flammable like, um, like lithium-ion is. If you take a lithium-ion battery and, you know, take a punch or something and and hit it with a hammer, it actually will catch fire. And you can have kind of this, if you have a series of lithium-ion batteries, they'll all catch fire. So he's developed a containment device, so it actually kind of wraps the batteries and keeps anything from happening, uh, and which makes which makes it much, much safer. Um, and when I was talking to him, I said, where is this technology currently used? And he said, well, we're working with the car companies to develop uh this containment technology, but right now my technology is being used on the Mars rover and the International Space Station. And I said to him, one of the, my questions was, in this kind of world that you see your products being used literally all over the world and all over the universe, did you ever think you would see something you developed end up in space? And he kind of laughed for a minute and stopped and kind of took a you know took a minute to think about it and said no absolutely not I never thought of that so it's amazing what you can do when you come up with a product and an invention and something and and make it and make it really interesting so you know fun fun stuff you yeah. know go to uh, go to uh, johnapaul.podbean.com I think you'll find it there if not look on Anchor FM or podcast with an S at the end podcast and just put my name in and you'll find it and you'll find some of these odd interviews that don't end up on the radio show um and some of them some of them can and some of them some of them maybe will in the future but um usually they're pretty interesting people so give it a listen uh we need to take another break my name is john paul the phone lines are wide open if you'd like to join us phone number is 800-370-1049 we'll be right back This is Michelle from Obershawn Hardware in Beverly. You know what beats next day shipping? Getting the things you need the very same day from your local Obershawn Hardware store. First, shop safely from home online at hardwarestore.com. Your order will be ready in as little as a few minutes. Then when it's convenient for you, head over for free in-store or curbside pickup. 
It's quick and easy. Plus, you'll avoid the hassle of tracking your packages. So check out HardwareStore.com today and come see me and Beverly or Diane and her crew over in Ipswich. We'll fix you right up. Have your morning coffee with me, Mark Friedman, host of Dollars and Cents, each and every Sunday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. We'll start your day with financial advice in a language you can understand. Is it time to rethink your property's functionality? If you're considering selling your home, condo, commercial property, or estate, please call Jay Barrett Realty. They are proud to be the number one independent real estate firm on the North Shore year after year. More than 150 experienced realtors with unsurpassed knowledge of the area and the support of financial, legal, and marketing professionals consistently make the Jay Barrett experience exceptional. Jay Barrett's innovative technology can increase the appeal of your property. Find them at nsmoves.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Mark Rosenthal. Real winter weather is making a comeback to New England starting on Sunday, so be prepared. Here is your North Shore. 1049 forecast. Surveying the North Shore in the Merrimack Valley. Overnight skies clear up. It'll become windy. It'll be colder. Lows by morning in the upper 20s. Tomorrow, a mixture of sun clouds, breezy and cool, middle and upper 30s. Then snow breaks out Sunday morning, becoming steadier and heavier during the day. It's near freezing. The snow will end at night. The potential is there for several inches. Please stay tuned over the weekend and we'll keep you posted. Forecast being brought to you by Papa Locksmith of Peabody. Papa Lock makes all kinds of auto keys, including the new push-button start key. Even if you lost your keys, they'll get you back on the road. Papa Lock comes to you online at papalockofpeabody.com. For local North Shore, 1049, I'm Mark Rosenthal. Okay, Biff, who are you listening to? A little rockabilly. I guess, yeah. 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 I just kind of tripped upon this. I'm not even sure who the artist is, so maybe the listeners can help us, but it's uh, kind of cool, isn't it? It is, yeah. That's Found it by accident. I, I, I like it. I like it. So, uh, you know, look at that. Wow. Why don't we just play this for the next uh, 20 minutes? So, uh, <laughs> why don't you, take a, why don't take you a have a sandwich or take a nap? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, I can play this all out. I've got this mix that goes for about an hour. So if you want to just take off, uh, I'll, ta- I'll take it from here. No, no, no. Let's continue the car, doctor. All right. Let's let's do that. Let's talk to let's talk to our buddy Paul from Braintree. Paul, good morning, and welcome to the I'm show. Good, good morning, John. I have no idea who that. I mean, it sort of sounded like Michael J. Fox playing in Back to the Future, but I don't think that was it. Yeah, I don't. Think um, so. Yeah, I, it's it's. Different generation from that. The, uh, it was fun. Good to listen to. Woke me yeah. up a little bit, which, you know, I'm thinking when I heard the weather forecast, more snow. I hope there were more snow. Yeah. Cause we, we, you know, you know, we got kind of, we got kind of lucky, you know, on the know. South Shore that, you know, we didn't get much the last snowstorm, but although my no. power was, my power was out for 13 hours, so, which was delightful. Really? Oh. Yeah. I have, we have bells and they have kind of like the best record, uh, in the country on, on never having the power go out. And if it does, it's less than an hour usually, so um, and, I don't know how they cheap, do it. And cheap cable. 
Braintree Electric is what yeah, it's called. Yeah, and, 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 and cheaper cable. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. uh, well, um, they don't have their own cable service anymore. They broke it oh, down. Oh, they don't? Uh, oh. They do provide the Internet, and you've got to buy uh, something like Sling or, oh, okay. or uh, a YouTube TV. Yeah. Off topic, I tried it. Um, not dependable, and uh, uh, if you wanted something like uh, Nesson for baseball, not yeah. all of them carry it. YouTube yeah. did. They've dropped it. So um, uh, I went back to the old reliable and not much of a, a bargain uh, Xfinity Comcast, paying a little bit less than I was uh, buying everything separately. So cutting mm. the cord, a uh, cable, I don't know. I hope it happens sometime. But there are still a lot of glitches that they haven't worked out. So um, when you have to, when you buy these other, uh, uh, I don't know what you call them, uh, cable, yeah, uh, deliveries. We'll call them, yeah. They don't have. You yeah. have to get to check the programming they have because yeah. a lot of them don't have. They'll have a good cheap cheap price, and you get what you pay for. Totally off topic. Yeah, but uh, you know, oh, you know, it, it, it's off topic. But people, people listen, and you know, I'm sure there are people out there that go, you know what, I'm I'm tired of my cable bill, and you know, maybe I'm going to do it, and then you know, they listen to you talk and go, you know, maybe it didn't it didn't check all the boxes I really wanted it to check, so yeah. it didn't work out. So, I mean, in um, Braintree's internet, I mean, that, that Bell supplies is is fine. They're not the problem. You know, it's it's the the YouTube TVs, the slings, the uh, yep. um, the others that um, um, you can't depend upon because they they will change their programming um, uh, quickly and drop uh, a cable station you might want to watch. So yep. uh, that yep. makes it. Uh, uh, I'm sure that eventually it's going to happen, and there should be more competition in the cable industry than than there is, and that makes it easy to use. <clears throat> and it was kind of like a two-step process. You had to basically <clears throat> plug into uh, um, one source and then click on to like a YouTube TV. <clears throat> YouTube, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> YouTube is free. YouTube TV is um, <clears throat> about forty-nine, fifty dollars a month. Mm. So um, that was a big surprise. <clears throat> Sorry, yeah. the first person I talked to today. I'm losing my voice. Um, uh. <clears throat> the um, so I mean, but it, the picture quality was okay. You know, it, it yep. wasn't a problem. But um, well, I uh, speaking of cable, um, I, well, I wonder as I try to watch as often as I can uh, Jay Leno's Garage, usually on, yep. on YouTube. Generally, uh, uh, he just did a '57 Chrysler uh, LeBaron uh, Imperial, Chrysler Imperial. Yep. Yep. Um, beautiful thing. It was about the size of four cars. Long mm. and um, uh, I think he does he does a really good job uh, of uh, going from front to back, up and down, inside and outside, and then taking it for a ride. Um, and he did a fifty-one Hudson the other day, which was just it looked like a tank, but the thing was beautiful. He said one of the best riding cars. He said that Hudson had had uh, problems because they didn't convert to a V eight engine. They only had a, a six, I guess, and uh, they couldn't compete with GM and Ford. They were coming out with V8s, but other than that, he said the car was uh, had uh, an excellent ride, good handling, uh, all all the, the features. I vaguely vaguely remember Hudson. My mm. question is, um, does he have 
does he have several garages? Uh, I can't imagine he has all those cars and doesn't he, have a one that he has one place to, to store them. He has a big garage in his house in Burbank, I guess, mm-hmm. or wherever he lives. But he also has two airplane hangars at the Burbank airport. Oh, jeez. So, and he has a full-time mechanic and I think one or two part-time people that keep all the cars running. So he tinkers, he tinkers himself, but he has this, uh, he has this kind of old-timey mechanic that does the real, you know, heavy-duty sort of stuff when he decides that, you know, this car that is pristine to most people isn't quite good enough. And he takes them apart and puts them back together. But, um, two different people I know have had the uh, opportunity to go meet with him and see his car collection and he says it's uh, it's pretty amazing and when you see inside um, what looks like you know that museum collection of cars he has that's actually one of the hangars at the airport I could probably see that now I'm looking in my mind I can yeah. see that one yeah. I mean, but he talks about oh you know I, I had a special order I don't know uh, chrome plated something. I mean, dollar, you know, dollar cost nothing to him. I, he must have no. made a, a fortune doing the Tonight Show and and, and other uh, well, he maybe claim, he other cl- production companies. But he claims he's never spent his Tonight Show money. Really, and and he writes it off to the idea that he's only had one wife. And you know, some of that's a little bit of a joke. That's but true. but he he still, I guess he. Um, he, you know, at the airport, he has his own jet, and uh, he flies. He 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 does a show, at least a show a week, I guess, in Las Vegas. He flies to Vegas, does stand up, and then turns around and comes home. And um, th- they say he was um, when he was doing the Tonight Show. They filmed the Tonight Show at I think five o'clock at night, so he would get there a little bit early. They would do the Tonight Show. They'd take a break. He'd have his writers come back to his house after the show was over. And then they would write for the next day. Then he'd go out in the garage and tinker around for a while in the garage, eventually go to bed, and then, you know, get up the next day at, you know, 9 or 10 in the morning and then start it all over again. Um, but they said he's um, he, he weirdly lives a little bit conservatively. Uh and you know doesn't you know has you know has you know buying this uh you know mansion he bought in Newport uh, you know other than that he he doesn't have multiple properties he just has uh you know he has he has the uh the house in house in Vegas and you know and all the cars and now the the big house down in Newport so yeah I didn't I didn't uh, know he had one in did he yeah he did the Newport bought, car museum uh, he 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 goes to the Newport Car Museum fairly often. They've seen him in here, and like I said, he has something to do with the Audrain Museum as well. But um, but yeah, he bought this. It was a it was a, it's a big big house. I forget, you know, it's on one of the it's not where the mansions are, but it's a big big house right on the water. And um, at one time, somebody bought it and split it into condos, and he bought it back. But he there was still part of it that was owned by the guy who owns the Providence Bruins. And I guess he eventually, over the last 
couple of years, bought that guy out, so he has the whole house to himself now. But um, when the uh, when they had Motor Week down in Newport a couple of years ago, somebody asked him how often you come to Newport, and he said, "Well, I come here, but he said I probably only spent three nights in my house." So, you know, he he's trying to spend a little bit more time in Newport, I guess, but still. Um, He's, uh, I mean, he's, you know, where was he originally from? Andover or something, I think? Yeah, originally. Andover, I think, yeah. right. And yeah, I think he yeah. said he worked like at, I don't know, uh, 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 I don't know if he worked for Foreign Motors. Uh, yeah, he, he might have, yeah. yeah. Yeah, one yeah. of the, he, he mentions yeah. it occasionally that he worked yeah. on. Yeah, but yeah, he, you know, yeah, all those, you know, he has a collection of, you know, a couple hundred cars and, um, mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, similar there to the guy who owns... The Newport Car Museum, the New, Newport Car Museum, those are all his cars. Those, that's his personal collection of, you know, 60 or 70 cars. And they're, you know, he has, you know, over a million dollars worth of hybrid cars sitting there. Um, but, you know, his money comes from, he owns he owns a rock salt mine. Jay Leno Which, owns a rock salt? No, 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 the guy who oh, owns the Newport oh. Car Museum. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Gunther, yeah, Gunther Berman owns the American Rock Salt Company. Wow. Um do they still use rock salt? Do they mix it with? Uh, I, yeah, no, they mix it. They mix it with other stuff. But yeah, you know, rock salt's a little kinder to bridges and roadways than than uh, magnesium chloride, which is a really good thing to keep snow from freezing. But it's a really bad thing if you want to keep the Tobin Bridge from collapsing. So, uh, yeah, uh, the um, I think it uh, affects most cars. And um, yeah, it does. It does, absolutely. As a matter of fact, someone said, should you get your car washed often or less often in the winter? Washing it off, but sometimes you get they use recycled water, and you're well, just that's the stuff that's back always on. that's always a concern. But I think you know uh, you know when you have when you have all that salt and magnesium chloride and and sodium chloride and calcium chloride, so all the chlorides um, clinging to the underneath of the car and getting in places where it maybe could cause more damage. Um, yeah, I always worry. You know, all car washes recycle their water. Hopefully, they're doing it correctly. They get all the chemicals out of it. And they wash away that stuff. I always wonder whether, you know, when you're kind of power washing the undercarriage of the car, are you putting water, salty water, where it's not designed to go? But I think anything's better than having caked up um, salt and magnesium stuck underneath the car causing damage. So um, as much as, you know, the best thing to do is when it's... uh, when it's above freezing, drag the hose out and crawl under the car and wash it. If you, you know, hose it off if you can with clean, fresh water. But if you can't, going through the car wash is better than nothing. So, hey, we oh, got to go. Please. We got to take a break. Yeah, I got to go too. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Thanks, Paul. Take care. Bye bye. We need to take another break. When we come back, we maybe we'll talk to you about what's on your mind. 800-370-1049. 800-370-1049. We'll be right back. Teresa's Italian Eatery in Middleton and Teresa's Prime in North Reading offer the perfect night out for you and your Valentine. And now is the time to plan ahead. Teresa's offers a special night out menu. And this year, you can celebrate Valentine's Day Thursday through Sunday. Start with a Valentine martini. Then select from the special Valentine menu for flavorful meats, fresh seafood, and of course, great Italian dishes. Finish it all off with a decadent dessert. 
Details at Teresa'sEatery.com or make your reservation on Open Table today. Hi, folks. This is Gerard Moynihan of Moynihan Lumber. Professional builders and remodelers choose Anderson Windows more than any other brand in the United States. They do so because Anderson Windows and patio doors offer beautiful natural wood interiors, low-maintenance exteriors, and outstanding energy efficiency. See the complete line of Anderson Windows at any of our three locations in Beverly, North Reading, or Plastown, New Hampshire, or at MoynihanLumber.com. Moynihan Lumber, we measure up. Join AAA today and avoid roadside headaches this winter. Don't let a dead battery, frozen car locks, or an unexpected breakdown keep you out in the cold. With a AAA membership, you're protected on the road anytime, in any car, and in any weather. AAA technicians will be there to quickly fix your problem and get you back on the road, often without the need for a tow. Visit aaa.com slash join to sign up. That's aaa.com slash join. Hi, this is Scott Withy with Wicked Bites north of Boston. Please join us every single Sunday morning at 9 a.m. as we do our best to help the restaurants through this incredibly tough time. Sunday mornings, 9 a.m., North Shore 1049. And welcome back to the Crockett Cub Show. Can I be Tubbs? You sure can. Yeah. <laughs> <Crying> <laughs> tub show. It's been an interesting show, hasn't it, John? It's been it a, has been a little, a little bit, bit yeah, interesting. Yeah, we're kind of, kind of going off track just a little bit, a little but yeah, bit, the, a uh, bit. but yeah, Miami Vice. When you know it first came out, they had that uh, you know Ferrari, um, the 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 convertible, and that was actually kind of a fake car. That was actually a Corvette with a Ferrari looking body on top of it and then when they uh blew the car up in the series they replaced it with the uh the red testarossa which was a real ferrari apparently so um uh but the, yeah that was uh the the original one was not a you know half a million or 10 million dollar car or whatever it was and uh you know i, I you know i i understand they're they're portraying undercover police officers but uh Still didn't didn't uh didn't Don Johnson he had his he had his speedboat and lived on a sailboat. All on all on a police officer's salary. Kinda wonder how that happened. Yeah, you want you wondered about that. Their yeah. their, their lifestyles. Yeah. I, I guess they were detectives so they got paid really well. Or maybe that's what or maybe it's a television show. Uh, you think that could be it? You think it's just T V? <laughs> that's what you need after this hour as a wise guy. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of TV, um, you know, coming up at eleven o'clock, real estate revealed with Dave Seymour. You know, he was uh, the former host of A and E's Flipping Boston. So uh, you know, stay tuned. He always has interesting guests coming on. Always learn a little something when I hang around and listen for a little while. But very informative so, show. You always yeah, learn a yeah. little bit something when, when, when you when you're talking to David. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And is there is there some talk he may actually? be in the studio with one of them? There one? has been talk has about been. him possibly coming in and do some oh, doing some live yeah. shows, but um, yeah. so far, not yet. Uh, not yet. Yeah. Maybe it's a, 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 a winter thing. Maybe he wants to wait until we get through yeah. all this craziness. Get through, get through the snow. Oh. Well, if it is, is going to snow, which uh, Mark Rosenthal says it's going to snow, He's not. He's hedging his bet a little bit. He's got his, he's got his cards close to his vest at this point. Um, 
But, uh, you know, if you are going, you know, the best thing you can do in wintertime is when it comes to winter driving is stay home. But if you can't stay home for whatever reason because you have to be out, you're, you know, you're a you know, healthcare worker, your boss doesn't let you stay home, you're an essential worker, whatever the case is, um, best thing you can do, first off, clean all the snow off the car. Make sure the car is completely clean. You don't, you don't want snow on the roof because that snow doesn't just slide off the back of the car and hit the car behind you. It can also slide forward and cover the windshield, and then you're not going to be able to see where you're going to go. Then you turn the windshield wipers on, and if you're lucky, you just... Um, clear the window. If you're unlucky, you burn out the windshield wiper motor or break the wiper transmission, and all of a sudden now you're faced with a five or $600 repair because you can clean the snow off the car. And do everything slower. Easy on the brakes, easy on the gas. Um, slow down before coming into turns, things like that, because those are the kind of things that can get you in trouble, and you'll end up skidding off the side of the road. And remember, four-wheel drive, what's great about four-wheel drive, it gets you stuck further into the snow than you would with the front-wheel drive car. So uh, don't get overconfident with that all-wheel drive car, or that will get you in trouble. Hey, that music means we got to step aside for Real Estate Revealed with Dave Seymour. Uh, it's coming up at 11 o'clock. Until next week, make sure you Drive safely, wear your seatbelt, be good to your car. Next week, we're going to be talking old cars with the guy who owns the Beverly Hills Car Club. Till next week, be well, wash your hands, talk to you soon. Bye-bye.